Welcome back to the lockout, everybody. I'm joined by a fan favourite, Carol, this week, and we've got Daniela and Ale. So we've got, we got the whole box situation going on. Hello Welcome again. back, Carol. Yeah, great. Great to be back on the couch again. Yeah, how's it been? Yeah, what have you been, been up to? Been really good, yeah. Um, just been having my eye on as many uh, F1 races as possible, gearing myself up for Texas next week. Yeehaw. Yeah, you got a big back end to the year, right? You're going to Abu Dhabi, Texas. You meant yeah. to be going to MotoGP. Yeah, supposed to be MotoGP this weekend, Phillip Island, uh, go Miller. Um, not sure that's tentative at the moment. Uh, yeah, I've got mm. obviously a job to do as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just in between all of that. Yeah. So for everyone who hasn't listened to the pod with Carol on before, she is a volunteer for Formula One and the FIA. Um, give people a little rundown if they haven't heard you on the pod before and what you do. Yeah, so I'm a volunteer official um, for um, in F1, MotoGP, um, supercars, um, whatever kind of takes my fancy, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, I love the F1 more than anything, and it's obviously a dream to be at any race. So I predominantly play the role of pit lane and grid. And with that, I get given a particular driver and a particular team, and I would stand by there, and I would basically be kind of a judge of fact. Um, unsafe releases, making sure the teams are um, are all wearing the appropriate gear to you know make sure like everything's going as safely as possible, and then writing everything up, sending it to race control, and that's where it can be a bit damning, and that's okay. where they could get like well they don't care about the money costs, the monetary value doesn't bother them, what they get charged it's it's with a time penalty which really right. kills them. So pretty much that, and then onto the grid where I'll actually stand with um, my other 19 um, uh, officials against a car uh, and watch them take off. So we're the last line of sight for that driver before they actually take off to make sure that actually everything's okay. They've got a particular wave that they will actually give us in case anything happens or they feel uncomfortable in the car or anything might happen. So Right. So you're not like Michael Massey and you didn't decide to give Charles Leclerc that penalty and <laughs> hand Max Verstappen the championship on the weekend. That wasn't you, just to confirm. Definitely not me, no. Okay. Because <laughs> we've, we've had some confusion in the past, especially on TikTok. <coughs> People have been thinking that you were in charge of what happened last year in Abu Dhabi <laughs> with uh, Max Verstappen winning the championship. Yeah. So I'm glad we can clear that up early on in the pod. Probably um, don't get your F1 facts from TikTok. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The only thing I could be guilty of was um, being part of that party um, last year with Max and them, which was absolutely epic, you know, <laughs> hanging out with them and yeah. just getting pissed and being like, it was. we were all literally high as a kite. It was just unbelievable. So yeah, mm. that's the only thing I'm guilty of. Yeah. Yeah. And look, we're back again at, what seems to be another controversial end to the season. Max Verstappen tied up the championship on the weekend in a contra- not controversial manner, but in a very odd manner, to say the least. Just like a non-normal manner. He just doesn't seem to win normally, like your normal championship <laughs> finish, cross the finish line. Oh, yeah, Max Verstappen, you're the world champion. There's no controversy here at all. Yeah. Go and celebrate with your team. Like, it doesn't seem to be the way he does things. It's not how he does business. No, and it was really odd. Obviously, it was a great time for us in Australia, I was watching mm. it at the pub down in Darling Harbour with all my mates at you know four p.m. and we left watching the pub. The delay, you mean? We, I oh left, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, the delay. Yeah, but like I left the pub and was like, oh yeah, well, I'll see you back at Austin and for when Max wins the championship. Mm. And it's like, well, we were literally walking out, and then my mate goes, oh no, I think he won it, and we turn around and he's won it. I'm like, wait, what? Like the the amount of confusion in the paddock was unbelievable and it was this storyline all throughout the weekend of just like incompetence of communication it seems no one seemed to understand the rules i think that was the big the big factor and like 
on the international broadcast, we were all being fed like false information from the commentary team that obviously didn't understand the rules either. Yeah. But so even Max didn't even realise that and he Max, wanted either. Max didn't you know? even know. It wasn't until his sporting director came across and told everyone like, nah, you're actually world champion. And yeah. he was like, for real? What? Are you sure? Yeah. Like, you know, it is. It's a bit surprising, you know. I mean, yeah. it was such a short race. Yeah. You know, um, um, well, it felt like it was a short race in laps, but a long race. To it was watch. a long wait to get started. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's, you know, it was just really, yeah, it was just like a lot, watching like a, a lot of rainfall. But I mean, mm. I'm delighted that it actually did transpire because it did look like there for a certain time that we actually were going to see no racing at all. And mm. that could be the worst thing in the world. That would know. have been, yeah, it really did look Especially like it was going the fans, that way. They're so beautiful there. Like, yeah. what they did for like Vettel as well. That was amazing. The, oh, yeah. Oh, the your Green Lanterns. Oh, uh, well, he actually. So there was this video circulating at the end of the race when they all held up these green lanterns or lights so for pretty. Vettel, mm. um, celebrating him because they just love him to death. And he loves them. And he loves them as much as they love him. And there's this epic clip of him sort of waving at the crowd with all the green lanterns in the back. And yeah, my mate captured that. That's that super shot. Cool. Oh, was that his shot? That was his shot. Yeah. Wow, that was really clever. It yeah, was he, he posted well on his socials and he said, "This is probably the best moment I've ever captured." in my Formula One career. Mm. Um, and if we ever see that to come back, he'll only come back for Suzuka apparently. So there yeah. we go, yeah. Hell of a track to come back to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, so why does he love, why do the Japanese love him so much and why does he love the Japanese so much? Is it, obviously he won, I think the 2011 yeah, championship he, there. He wrapped up a title there. He's had a lot of wins there. And I think in, in that like 2011, 12, 13 period where he was so dominant and he was being booed a lot of races, Japan was one of the pl- like the only races he was going to, and he wasn't getting booed. Yeah. Right. So I think that kind of struck a chord, um, and he just yeah, it's it's just one of those things where just an, an audience and a driver just gel, and I think they're starting to develop that for Max now as well with the the Honda sort of connection that he's got a strong bond with those fans too. So yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if in a few years' time we're seeing the same sort of thing, and like. From a driver's point of view, like the track is just, the track's just epic. Like as it if is you, a great oh, track. Yeah. You, you could so not hate driving that. around that track. Yeah. No, they're all. It was very much like you heard, could hear it from so many of them. They were just like they felt like they were back karting again. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the the the, the bends, the straights, the corners, everything. It's just they love it. Mm. I've never heard like one you know driver not turn around and say, "Oh, like I'm not really looking forward to this one." I think predominantly they were all like saying, "Like this is definitely the track. It would be my yeah. favorite if I had to choose one." It's nice to sort of finally see. <laughs> a good storyline come out of the fans from a we- race weekend because I feel like there's been quite a few races this season that the storylines from the fans haven't been too great. We've heard a lot of bad stories with Verstappen fans mm. and, and Monza and all of that. All the um, negativity and the booing. All the negativity and the happening. booing and all yeah. that. It's, fi- it's great to see some positivity. The, the Japanese are just such lovely, like caring, gentle they people. Ooze it, they ooze they? it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah they have such a passion for that sport as well. Like you saw all the outfits and the hats. And <laughs> yeah, the outfits are great. They're queued for hours and they watch all the and mechanics they stayed, pack up. They and, stayed yeah. in those stadiums like, yeah. and they hung around and like it was everything from like babies to adults and like it was, mm. and all doing their Mexican waves and every, like they were just, they're, they're so immersed in it. They yeah. really are. Mm. And I don't think there was an angry face there no matter how much rain fell and how much time they yeah. spent there. Like, if that was England, good fucking luck to you. Yeah, you know? literally. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how those, um, I'm sure you saw the Red Bull like front wing hats that they made. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they actually did anything in the rain or just like dripped through the wing onto their face. Probably so several unsafe releases going to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, but that was so good. Um, yeah, it was, so no, yeah. it was really, really good. And that's why I think it brings there. back to like this kind of like harmony and peace there. Yeah. And sportsmanship, as we always keep mentioning how important it is. And I think, you know, since Drive Survive have come into play, we've seen a lot of like new um, uh, fans come into play who are, which is great, but some of them who are just like, can be as naughty as some of the football fans who aren't mm. really there maybe to enjoy the race as much as possible but are there to be kind of just like oh this is the only person i want to cheer for this other person doesn't win you know it's gonna be booing and hissing which is awful like it's the last thing you want to hear but it seems like you'll never hear about that in japan no yeah yeah they're very respectful people um and look this isn't quite a respectful comment to make but i must say it did feel good to go sucked into all your european fans who had to <laughs> sit through that delay because I was like, now you get a taste of your own medicine. Because they just don't stop complaining every time, you know, Australia comes around or Japan. They get like two or three early starts a year and don't they let you know about it? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, well, the every commentators, chance. Crofty, Kravitz, all of them moaning that apparently somebody had actually uh, had um, written in because they said, oh, send us your pictures of you getting up really early and having your hot cup of tea and your duvet watching the thing. Oh, big deal. Like, aren't you looking <laughs> to be able to watch it? There's people dying in the world, for God's sake. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And you have to get up from your bed to your couch and watch an epic race. Come on. On a Sunday you know? morning. Yeah, it's difficult. Like, yeah, it's a different thing. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, so that really pissed me off that somebody actually went through to them and they were actually told to cut off and stop moaning. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really hard for the Brits, to be fair. Yeah, they do it better than anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. They do. yeah. And honestly, it, it got me thinking because my mate who doesn't really tune into F1 much, he goes, because he came on Sunday and he was mm. like, oh man, we should do that more. That was so much fun. Like I'm really enjoying watching F1. I was like, mate, that's, you know, one of two that was races like the half whole an hour season. Race. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like well, one yeah. of two races the whole season we can actually watch that time. And he's like, yeah. oh, so good. And he was like, you know, if it was like that more, I would be into it. Mm. Um, and it made me think, I was like, for how big F1 is in Australia already, imagine how big it would be if it was on at a reasonable time. Yeah, yeah, I think it would be fantastic from us selfishly, but I think the problem with that is that no matter how big our market gets, the US and the European market is always just going to be stronger. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's just a numbers game at the end of the day. Like, yeah. We don't um, even have the Australian F1 now as the first race of the year anymore, you yeah, know? which just makes me a little bit sad. You know? Yeah, but it doesn't feel traditional. No. But yeah. I mean, we just got to take them when we can, I guess, and yeah. just try and enjoy it. And 100%. In some ways, it was nice that the, the races that were delayed, like we had a public holiday the next day, and then this weekend, obviously, was, you know, just in the afternoon. So mm. it didn't affect your night's sleep too much, but yeah, yeah it was and all right. The last two races were pretty epic. That's they were. Yeah. They were so much yeah. happening. You yeah. know what I mean? So a lot of skill definitely required. It wasn't literally just going around the circuit. Mm, definitely. Know? So they were literally driving to survive. <laughs> in yeah, that literally, yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to bring it back to Verstappen. Um, mm. I'm a Verstappen fan. I think it is such a shame to see the season end the way it is. Obviously, there's always something to complain about no matter what happens. But mm. I don't really feel like we got to celebrate the Verstappen winning the championship. It felt like a half-assed celebration. Yeah, the thing that I missed the most was the radio message, that you've got those iconic radio messages over the years when the champion gets congratulated by their team principal yeah. or, or whoever just happens to be next to a radio button at the time. And, like, we're not going to get that sound grab now to no, use. And not even, like, the, you know, when he drove through the finish line and they're all hanging out off yeah. the, off the and barricade. And he could do a whole lot of donuts and all yeah. this mad stuff and the crowd would have been, like, yeah, there was enjoying none it of so much more after waiting for so long. No, it was, yeah, it was... It, 
was literally flashbacks to last year when we had to wait, you know, like three hours after the race to, yeah, to like, see the actual, confirmed? you know, confirmation of what happened. Mm. Um, and it just loses that sort of sporting entertainment the value. Gone. The momentum's gone, yeah. yeah. But yeah. on the plus side, it gave Johnny Herbert the biggest career highlight of his life. <laughs> so so he's <laughs> telling Max. And he kept bringing it up. He was so excited, bless him. Like, he's such a character, that guy. Oh, like, man. Honestly. It's like, I told him, I told him. <laughs> you know? yeah. The best was um, the clip that came out when Verstappen sort of was up there talking to um, who's uh, Helmut Marco and oh, he's yeah. chatting to him and he sort of covers his mouth and he's saying to Perez and he goes, I think they fucked up. I think it's still one point I need. And he's like <laughs> so, so fishy about the whole situation. Yeah. Max trying like, to do the quick maths. Yeah, yeah. He's like, how the hell did this happen? And yeah. it's like, he had to be told like at least three times to three different people to be fully convinced. Mm. Um, mm. So there's a lot of gray area. I think the biggest thing was just, yeah, the lack of communication. Yeah. yeah. Um, we could have done with a bit more communication with just, I think to the, commentators you know they were my mates were saying oh if he does this he'll win and i'm like no they won't yeah. and the commentators are saying something else and it's, it was so confusing um and it sounds like the rules are clear cut with this whole point system and yeah. like having a 75 percent race but it is still very mm. yeah. gray in my opinion right it, it is because i could even see um when i was looking back at the race again um obviously jonathan wheatley you know um mm. is obviously you know for the drivers there as well and he does a lot of a lot of um investigation and work into um the regs the sub regs absolutely everything and all Red Bull team were down there congratulating, you know, um, uh, Max and uh, Checo and all that. And they shot back to Jonathan and he was still sitting yeah, on the pit the walls, checking yeah. all the regs, sub regs, absolutely everything, going through everything just to make sure. Because obviously he didn't want to take away from it, but he was like checking everything. And on mm. the same side then was obviously Mercedes doing the exact same thing naturally as well to make sure um, everything was like kosher, you know. Yeah. But, you know, like we've learned so many times before, um, you know, with racing, FII, F FIA is mm that like you know rules can be changed you know yeah. and things can um, be altered so it's it's also even if it's in black and white it's not always black and white either yeah and they <laughs> they they clarified yeah. this rule set after belgium of last year when they like obviously cancelled the race due to the weather and yeah. they couldn't award full points and they clarified everything that they would only allow well they'd only award half or or three quarter or 25 percent points based based on your race distance if the race could not be restarted, which in this case, the race could be restarted. So therefore it's full points, mm. which yeah, all everyone in the teams and everyone in the, the stewards office and the FIA were across that. And for whatever reason, like we touched on like the broadcast team and the yeah. people responsible for getting that information through to the public had no fucking clue. No. Yeah. So, you know, there's, no a, lot of, there's a lot confused. of chiefs up there now again as well, you know, considering what happened with Massey last year. And I just, I think sometimes they're, you know, yeah, I'm wondering, do I speak out? Do I say anything? You know, yeah. you know, what if I lose my job? <laughs> and you know? it feeds into this again the storyline of just the drivers and FIA this year. There's been a lot of politics going on, mm. um, and I saw this post from a guy, and he was sort of talking about this. He has this theory that you know the FIA and the drivers are like trying to go at each other at the moment, and he he drawed it all the way back to Saudi Arabia mm. when there was that missile attack, remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Jesus, the yeah. Oil ref at the oil refinery and they had that... The huge, um, the huge meeting. The yeah, in the briefing yeah. room and they're there till like past midnight mm. and all the drivers are trying to get the race postponed 
and the FIA just went ahead with it. And obviously, a lot of drivers were pretty salty about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a Miami, remember the Tech Pro barrier in one, I think it was turn 14. Yeah, they wanted a barrier. They yeah, wanted they a Because it was a concrete barrier and they mm. were like, I think Ocon and someone else had a really bad crash. Yeah, signs crashed into it as well. And they were uh, the drivers were asking for a proper barrier to be put in. The FIA were like, nope, we're not doing it. Mm. Um, and then, you know, we've got obviously the whole debacle with um, jewelry. Yeah. And how this that's sort of been uh, some side story to yeah. like distract everyone. It's like they've been putting so much into that, but then it seems like they don't really care about having um, cranes on track and stuff like that. Whoa, so yeah, you got yeah. both sides of it in this yeah. race, didn't you? That you had Gasly obviously coming across that recovery vehicle and yet after the race, he's getting reprimanded for speeding under red flag and safety car conditions. It's like... <laughs> yeah, it's look, it's and it's really, it's, it's, it's always really hard because the thing is, like, you know, obviously I've worked trackside before, and that, you know, those um, recovery or interventions, they do not go out unless they're told by uh, yeah. race control. Like, they're literally, they're, they're not like, he's not like, oh, it's got to take a drive around the corner here for the crack. No, <laughs> you know, and it was dodgy. And even that uh, Marshall there, the way he was on the road, on the, on the track there, like that, it was really. Like, it was such a close call. It yeah. really was. And I think as well, it just like with Gasly and think about Bianchi back in 2014 and everything, yeah. you know, it was it was very personal. Well, that's why it was so hot in everybody's mind, I think, because it was the same track, very similar conditions, almost the exact same circumstance. Yeah. And like two minutes before that, you'd watch Sainz be a passenger in his own crash into the yeah. exact same yeah. spot. It was so a pretty bad crash. Yeah, so, like, yeah. yeah well, it was. And he, he had no idea that that was coming. Like, that just... You know, he exited the corner, he aquaplaned, he was in the yeah. wall before he even knew it. And, you know, Gasly is, yeah, he's not doing the correct thing as per the procedure. He's speeding around the track trying to catch the back of the train. Mm. Um, but even so, the, the big barrier there in that situation was that the visibility was so poor. Like whether or not you send a recovery vehicle out on a perfect sunny day and there's vision and you can see what's happening yeah. and it's under a safety car condition, like that's one thing. Yeah, then penalise Gasly for speeding. But in those conditions... When you cannot see anything, you can't have something like that. And the driving the rain, the halo, everything, you know, your visor, like it, all those things. Like yeah. we're looking at it like on the TV and we're like, and we can't see it. How the fuck are they getting around the corner or even seeing a corner? Yeah. And then for him to see that, it must have really shook him up when he saw that. Yeah, he was uh, rattled. The, like yeah. he must have been just really rattled. And mm. yeah, he continued on. Yeah. yeah. I read, it's quite a interesting one because obviously there's two sides to this Gasly thing because he did actually break the rules. So I guess he get, he did deserve that penalty and he did yeah. come out and say he was in the wrong. Yeah. And that, that part there is is fair enough. Like yeah. penalise him, like do whatever. He was breaking the rules. It's it's pretty black and white. But he also had every right. To yeah, but there's two sides. Yeah, yeah he, had, he had every right to be angry and upset and yeah. so did all the drivers. Like they yeah. all demand an explanation now. And like they got every right to get one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Vettel, when though I found it interesting listening to all of them talk in the press conference in that break mm. uh, between the red flag and then restarting. Uh, and Vettel obviously had all the typical responses like, mm. you know, it's simply not acceptable, blah, blah, blah. But Vettel's one was interesting. He, <laughs> he dove into a few other things as well. He goes, there are a lot of things that led to this circumstance which we need to understand first. The whole grid leaves on the first on the wrong tyre. So he was saying that, this whole thing with how the wet tire is pretty much useless, right? Like yeah. they are sort of forced onto using the intermediates because the wets 
one, not good they're just too yeah. slow. And yeah. as soon as they chunky. put the wets on, they need yeah. to put the intermediates on. But yeah. the intermediates aren't safe enough for the conditions. Well, so they're yeah. already putting themselves at risk being on the track with intermediates mm. in wet tire conditions. Yeah. yeah, but the mindset though as well, you know, with that tire is that, and with that amount of cars on the track is that like, okay, they're going to be going around, they're going to be drying up the track, they're going to be doing that and the last thing they want to do is obviously go in and have to pit and, you know, and change yeah. that. Like, it's so rare you actually ever see them. Like, like they're just like, to me, it's like just a little show pony tire, yeah. you know, but, you know, but <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, it's just like, you know, but it that, sits in the corner. But yeah, in that scenario, they don't care because at the end of the day, the it's thing just, is going to dry up and run yeah, but it, it. But it's the stopwatch that doesn't lie. Like if one tire is five seconds a lap quicker than the other tire, no matter what the visibility is or the conditions, they're going to put the faster tire on. Of course. Yeah. And yeah. So unless it's written into the rules that, oh, you have to start on the wet tire, which it is if they start under a safety car, mm. they're, they're not going to do it. It doesn't no, matter. No. But we seen Russell, remember, it was Singapore, wasn't it? Um, yeah. He jumped on to change the tires really early on. And even Max, yeah. who is like a gun, you know what I mean? He was just like, he goes, that's brave. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, was, but obviously Russell was trying to think like, you know, how can I get a, on top of these and get this across and get faster? I'm going to chance my arm, probably my life, yeah. <laughs> and go on a, on a better tire that's going to make it quicker for me, whether I can go around the corner safely or not. Yeah. You know? Do you reckon Pirelli can come up with a better tire than the wet tire they've made currently? Maybe. I mean... Like monsoonal tire or something? Well, like yeah. Funny funny you say the word monsoonal. <laughs> Back in the sort of early 2000s in the tire war days, like Bridgestone and Michelin both have did have like an extreme wet that they called a monsoon tire, like for right. that, which was similar in purpose to what, sh- what this one is now, which is its sole purpose was just dealing with standing water. It didn't have to be fast. Yeah. It didn't have to be... It, all it had to do was deal with standing water and clear the track. Yeah, mm. it was and a safety purpose, really. Yeah, yeah. and, and they, they ran those tires with no problem and they actually ran them pretty well and that was actually a pretty competitive tire. So, like, they can make a tire that... Yeah, has been done uh, that, before. Yeah, that has that function. Whether or not they can make a tire that has that function with this current generation of cars that is yeah. a lot heavier, they run really low to the ground and they have such huge ground effect, which throws a lot of spray up in the air that's another question like that's for someone with the actual technical knowledge to answer yeah um because that's the biggest thing right is just the visibility is due to the fact that there is so much spray that no matter yeah. what yeah and, and the tire it, it would be it would just still spray up all that water yeah and that's just a function of like of open wheel racing like we saw rain on the weekend at bathurst that was so much worse than what was a suzuka they ran no problem it was only until there was mud sleeting across the track that they (laughs) stopped but that's because you know heavier cars as well yeah heavier car tin top car very different conditions different safety standards yeah um f1 the biggest problem with them for those tires is is the visibility because you saw the second they started the race they're on the inters so the grip is there yeah it's like they just cannot see where they're going yeah yeah and like think as well about like how you know close how close to the tarmac they are. Yeah. They're so low. Yeah. You know, so so low and that like got these tires that are big wide mm. as well, you know. So yeah. you know it'd be cool. Sorry, I just on, yeah. had a had a little <laughs> brain thought. You know, in like when they're watering like big football fields and they got mm. the spray like things that wind around. Yeah. And they got the on it. You put little like exhaust pipe water <laughs> exhaust pipes on it and like the water comes out the side and it's got that so if you want to yeah. drive past you're like risking getting like flogged in the head with like some a little water bomb you're thinking outside the box here now i am yeah, yeah. but imagine that some little like 
yeah. catches at the back of the car mm. that they put on in wet conditions. Yeah, and like and then they you're not too far. Off. Yeah, you're not too far off the mark because you saw once they actually started and they ran around on those extreme wets after three laps, how much spray and water they'd actually cleared from the track. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like they do a good job of it. They do. Yeah, they're a sweeper. Yeah, and that's the whole debate. Is right. Is like. They keep delaying the races because it's raining, but if they actually just put the wet tires on and put them onto the track, yeah, then they could clear all the water that they're just waiting in the yeah. garages to, yeah. to leave anyway. Yeah, because Lewis turned around and he goes, you know, I think it's a and it's a good you know food for thought as well. Like, let's just go out there, you know, and just give it a go, yeah. give it a crack, get out there. You know, it's lightened off a little bit. You know, the more time you spend on the track, you know, the, with the, the drier heat and everything, it's going to be. So like, if it's not safe, you know, at least we've given it a go. You know. Yeah, and and credit to him, the only bloke in the commentary train that had a brain on this weekend, Button, like Jensen Button. He, he summed it up perfectly. He said, if they go out there on the full wet tires and they cannot switch to the intermediate, intermediate straight away, then it's too wet. Yeah. But if they go out there and they start the race on the full wet tires and as soon as they can come in, they come in, he's like, then it's dry enough. We go racing. It is. It's a process yeah. of elimination when you think about it as yeah. well, you know. So, and I think at the end of the day as well, you kind of want to be able to give the fans something as well, you know. Yeah, and the drivers don't have gone there for nothing either. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Mm. Anyway, mm. what about all the rest of the teams on the grid? Obviously... Verstappen was the highlight, but Ferrari struggled this week again uh, with tyre degradation. Yeah, there were some pretty shocking photos after the race of the different conditions of the Ferrari tyres compared to the Red Bull tyres. That, you know, in half an hour racing, they turned those into slicks pretty much. Oh, really? Obviously, you could see Charles was struggling a lot um, after initially being able to keep up with, with Verstappen, but... Was it all four tyres or was it certain tyres? It was predominantly the front because it's such a front-limited track. You've got mm-hmm. such long corners and, mm. you know, in those conditions, you're pushing the front quite hard rather than the rears. But um, that's also then what bleeds the lap time, that he was just struggling to stay yeah. ahead of the Red Bulls. And, and, and what is it that can cause that much of a difference between the Red Bulls and the Fries in terms of tyre dig? Like, are they r- really running that much more downforce that it wears the tyres? It's, it's kind of a funny one that in that sometimes... More downforce protects the tires, but sometimes it also overheats them and causes them to break down. So I think it's it's partly a function of that. It's probably partly a function of driving style as well. That Charles is just a naturally more aggressive driver on his tires than Max is, and just we've seen as a characteristic of those cars this season that the Red Bull is way kinder to its tires than the yeah. Ferrari. And yeah. it has, it's been that way, especially the last few races. It yeah. just seems to have that lightness. Yeah, it's just that, I don't know what it is. Um, it just the the Ferrari seem to really like just like i don't know like scroll through them so much yeah. easier and i do kind of think it might be just down to um you know driver racing technique as well but yeah i don't know there's definitely i mean you have to think about the whole car itself you know not even just di- drivers chassis mm. and 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 style all those things all you know and we've, we know for a fact as well that um uh, red bull have got like such great strategy in absolutely everything yeah. that they do and every nut and bolt that's on that car too so yeah, and I just kind of think as well as that, like, um, Charles is, like, also playing aggressive because he knows he wants it. He knows there's an opportunity, mm. so he'll literally throw that car around. Yeah. You know, and we could see that with his driving uh, this time around, like, even down to the last lap. Yeah. You know, so... Well, he, he's not committing that mistake if he's not pushing 100% to the last lap. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Mm. But other than that, like, I thought it was a great race. I don't know about you guys. Like, it was very, very short, but in the small time that we saw... I thought, like, as a wet race, it was so much better than Singapore that you were actually getting some wheel-to-wheel racing. 100%, yeah. Like, the battle between Ocon and Hamilton, like, bless him, we give Ocon some shit here. But, like, <laughs> you do. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, do, I do, and Ale does, and Shabs berates us for it afterwards. But um, he, 
he was a standout. He was probably my like alongside Max, he was probably my driver of the day that I thought he just did a fantastic job holding up Hamilton as long as he did. Oh, uh, and, and cleanly too. Like To me, I fight. felt he was nearly like it's nearly like looking at Perez racing sometimes. Mm. You know, in that sense of like, you know, the protection, you know what I mean? Like, you're not getting past me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of same driver mentality. There was something similar about their driving ethic that was there as well. And I'd have to say, like, regardless of how you feel about Ocon, awesome, awesome drive. Yeah, like, kudos to him for that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. I still hold my statement in saying that he is by far the most underrated driver on the grid currently. <laughs> he consistently puts in good results and... People just forget about him he, every he, week. He's quiet as well. Like he's, he's quiet, he's yeah. quiet oh, too. Yeah. Until recently he was, and now he started to big himself up a little bit. That's part of my reason <laughs> that I don't rate him. But well, you can't big yourself up in an F1 driver, no? Oh, not when you're comparing <laughs> yourself to Alonso. But well, yeah. okay, fair enough. Yeah, well. Yeah, they're all fighting with the biggest egos in the world. So. Well, that's the thing. It's all a, you know, look at me, uh, look how good a job I'm doing type thing going yeah. on at the moment because at the end of the day, they're all fighting for second place, so... What's, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's yeah. true. I mean, like we've seen Alonso, you know, um, um, that uh, tap with Vettel, you know, as well. Yeah. Like, so it's, um, yeah, it's, you know, the rest yeah. of the best. You know, you're right there to, you know, not only just win, but do something to get the point system up there so you can actually get yeah. your constructive, like, done. Like, because at the end of the day as well, it's not even just for the um, winning driver or the construction. Like, there's so much behind there between sponsors and everything there must be like so much pressure on those guys yeah yeah you know as well so and at the end of the day what we all love watching what i what i love watching is like i just love watching the drivers i love seeing the circuits i love all that and we don't really have to worry about all that kind of shitty crap on the background mm. you know that keeps the cars going right yeah. true yeah true now look we've got one opinion from one ferrari fan i think it's time to get our second ferrari fan in sub him in box Daniel, box box welcome mate Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to have you on the couch. You're not wearing Ferrari merch this week, which is quite interesting. You're wearing Alfa Romeo merch. You got the shirt and the jacket. Yeah. Despite them both coming 15th and 16th <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> Look, it's the uh, it's the least of of any of the other evils on the on the grid because they run a Ferrari engine. So yeah, it's about as close as I can get to changing it up and and not disgracing myself. <laughs> fair enough I'm fair enough yeah there's only so much Ferrari merch you can own right yeah also this gear is so fresh by the way like it is man yeah oh, we were just saying off off mic that it is they've done so well does it, like with their designs and branding this year like from their merch to their car oh, still like, the cheese. best livery one of the best liveries yeah. on the track if, if the car was as good as their merch was they'd be top 100% just Absolutely. like if Aston Martin's car was as good as, as their, their marketing socials, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're like a runway model now right <laughs> yeah I, I feel good I feel good in this <laughs> alright so does this mean we're going to get less biased view from you this week on the couch no absolutely not okay um, <laughs> I mean yeah there wasn't there wasn't much to say from a Ferrari point of a Ferrari fans point of view this week um, other than Carlos tears. Carlos sent himself before the big stoppage so he his race was done pretty quickly um mm. pretty unfortunate but um at the same time he's kind of got that in his locker mm. to just put himself in a wall i know this time was a complete fluke completely uncontrollable out of his hands he just hit a patch of water and that was it but, but yeah it yeah. is a bit of a trend it's it's something that it's not the first time it's happened no, so it's not um yeah, a sign special on a Sunday. And then <laughs> Charles, I just my heart bleeds for him. Yeah. He he did he did everything he could in the car he had, in the conditions he was racing in and Yeah, there was just, nothing he yeah, could do. As Daniele touched on before, just the setup of the car combined with his driving style, combined with the conditions on the track, he just 
He was driving on rubber bands at the end. They just yeah. had nothing. And the icing on the cake for me was <laughs> watching him in the in the room at the end with Max yeah. and Checo. And Max has been told that he's just won the world championship and he walks into the room with the big the big crown seat. Yeah. There's like world driver <laughs> championship behind him and you just look at Leclerc and he's just like, I, I wish I knew I was going through that man's brain at yeah. that point. Poor guy. And look, let, let's be realistic. If it didn't happen this week, if he didn't make that one mistake on the last corner, it was going to be wrapped up in Austin. Like, it's oh, just, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. The writing's been on the wall all year pretty much. We've had, we've had 18 races and the Red Bull car has won 14 of them. Yeah. Mm. Like it's just... It's been, <laughs> aside from the first two, three races of the year, it's been pretty convincing since All then. Throughout. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what I was saying. I was thinking as well, like, we think we go back to the actual start of the year. We're like, oh my God, like, yeah. Ferrari have got it in them. You oh, know what I mean? I like, was, we're like, woo. I was on Coming cloud on, nine you know? After and then it was just like, After Melbourne, I thought, well, we're in with a pretty good shout here. And then, no, we were not. Yeah, the Rebel show turned up and dominated again. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's the second title for for Verstappen. Yeah, he's um he's he's mirroring very similarly Seb's trajectory in a Red Bull car. Ah, Seb, I thought you were going to yeah. say Alonso because I I saw a stat that Alonso's won two World Championships yeah, and he's also got the back. same amount of wins that Verstappen has. Yeah, 35. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was more suggesting that thirty two, um, sorry, that uh Max won his second title, same track in the same car, that Seb won his second title. Okay. It's like there. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be on for four in a row. I kind of oh, hope not. I as hope a, not. <laughs> as a Ferrari fan, especially not as dominant as as the way Seb won his towards the end. But um, yeah, looking forward to finishing this season off. There's still plenty of of action and excitement for the rest of the grid. Second place in the championship has changed again. I know um, because Alpine have been yeah. dropping the ball a bit. They had that double DNF in Singapore. Yeah, and now they've come back up with um. Obviously, both getting points finishes in in Japan. So, yeah. uh, uh, from the constructors' point of view, there's still plenty of chopping and changing to go, and yeah, a lot of money to be won here and, and lost. Yeah, well, the the constructors is where the money is made. I yeah. mean, the drivers the drivers' championships where all the glory is for the individual, but for the teams, the the constructors where the where the money's at. So, yeah, particularly between Alpine and and um and McLaren, it's going to be really tight to the end. I know. Yeah, I mean, like we seen how well. They did in, you know, Singapore and then yeah. moving forward. And I felt really positive for the team as well. I was like, this is really good. And uh, But obviously not so great, this, um, no. you know, Suzuka. But I mean, like, it's really hard to put any kind of, you know, thought really into like how people did in that race because it was so all over the shop, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, Just look crazy. how far ahead, like, Max was. Like, he could have pitted twice. <laughs> you know he could have I mean? pitted and you gone You know, got an ice cream, walk back out again. <laughs> you know, here I go, you know. My my brow, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, yeah, and so I think it's really going to be interesting when we go to Austin next. Yeah. You know, guaranteed dry. <laughs> you yes, know, yes. So it's guaranteed. It it's like rain? Abu Dhabi. I think um, the I I God, I've done ten Abu Dhabi F ones now, wow. and uh, they were saying that there's literally only been once where there's actually been like rain because it actually is their winter. Yeah, um, right. Because you know they followed the European yeah, um, yeah, size yeah. there, but um, I can't imagine. Well, I mean, who knows? I mean, look at what happened yeah, here who in knows Sydney. These days, yeah, you know what I mean? Like you know, unless Lenny follows me all the way over to Texas, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I hope so, yeah, yeah. Get just, rid of it here. Yeah. It. If you want to take it with you, that'd be great. But I can know, you leave it there? Like yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, especially come from an Irish girl as well. I came all the way over here to get away from this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I feel bad for people that have moved here recently. It's just rained nonstop. Mm. But I'm hopefully it's ending soon. Uh, someone who is not having a good time is uh, Latifi. Sorry, he is having a good time, but yeah. he hasn't been this season. And I'm repping his merch this week. Yeah, you gotta got to acknowledge the GOAT when he does GOAT things. So he's uh, finally <laughs> got in the points. Yeah. He was the... The last driver of the usual 20, of the original 20 to get points, but good on him for getting them. Um, yeah, well, he came from last, so yeah, hats off to him. Well, 19th to 9th or something, wasn't it? Something yeah. like that, yeah. yeah. 10 places. Um, fair play. Fair I play mean, I'm yeah. just glad he managed to get himself around the track, the <laughs> correct track, because uh, on, on Friday he was taking, taking detours, turns, yeah. blaming I the car. Know. That was ridiculous, <laughs> right? Was like, yeah. it, took, it wasn't even a skate road. It was just like a dead end. It was a dead end. end, yeah. And he goes, oh, what did the car do? It accidentally... The wheel turned. Funnily, my, my yeah. hands are moving with the wheel. and But yeah, it's fine now. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you a, can't even like say, oh, it's, 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 it's like, you know, it's a street yeah. track. Like, it's actually a permanent track. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, oh. yeah, it's it was a bit quirky. I don't know. Um, look... I'm not really going to miss him, to be honest with you. No, no, no. it's another Mazepin in a way. It's, it's always yeah. sad. <laughs> like it's always sad to see someone's career go not how they want it to go to plan. But at the same time, you're kind of paying to be there, so yeah. it's not the biggest loss. Yeah, there's um, other drivers there that we could so yeah, would love to see absolutely. in that seat. There, obviously, Danny Rick. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to be too concerned. I, I just kind of feel he doesn't bring kind of anything. No, no, he doesn't. Like, no. there's no real, like, not that I want to show, but, like, I kind of yeah, think about Friday Drive. Yeah. Well. yeah, he doesn't really have that charisma. And, like, he's he's most known for his his bad moments on track. Mm. Um, yeah. But, look, we are getting what we wish for. We've got, we in the driver transfer market, a lot happened last week. We had Gasly move. Yeah, very busy week. From AlphaTauri to, to Alpine. Alpine. Yep, all and French. now we've got Nick De Vries, who everyone's been wanting to see on the grid for a while now. Yeah, about time, honestly. Yeah. Um, kind of feel bad for him just the way he, I mean he's done he's made the most of his circumstances um, he didn't directly get into F1 after he won the F2 championship so obviously got booted out of F2 um, was involved in the Mercedes Academy or driver program but when he won the F2 championship the drivers they had in F1 were killing F1 Yeah. so they're not going to free up a seat for a rookie um, went on to Formula E won Formula E like he's he's been successful pretty much everywhere he's driven so mm. it's nice to finally see him be acknowledged for that and be rewarded for that. And when he did get that debut, he he killed it. So, but yeah. Nick also well as well, he manages himself. Does he? I like, don't know that. That is oh, really, really yeah. I think it's so interesting. So he's got no you know kind of PR manager team like oh, that. Wow. He actually manages himself. Kind of works a little a bit alongside with his mum, but he does everything himself. And I just thought, oh, wow. wow, you know, it's like. Contracts are so crazy nowadays, you know, yeah. understanding where you're supposed to be and be, you know, with the moment, you know, training, dietary, you know, racing, your airfare, everything you're going to do. And he does it all. Absolutely. Like, good wow. man. Yeah, good on him. Good on like, him. But at the same time, do you think that may have hindered him in terms of getting into the sport at an earlier time? If he had someone banging, the do banging down the doors of all the teams saying, hey, we've yeah. got a great driver Because there's only here. so much you can do, right, yeah. as one person. If you've got exactly. someone with a dedicated job to chase the leads then it yeah. gives you a better chance. But yeah, what do you do? You and it is true, you need that person who's got that drive. Yeah, absolutely. You know, got those links. You're going to let you concentrate on what you need to do is drive the fucking car. 100%, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? yeah. And then i got to make sure you actually got a car to drive in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, far out. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's an all-around good bloke and I think he's going to provide a lot of value to the grid. Absolutely. Very, very well-spoken, very like down-to-earth, humble. Yeah, all um, the drivers like him. Yeah. 
I mean, so. he's, he's mates with Max, they're, they're countrymen, so that, that yeah. doesn't hurt. Yeah. And he's joining um, the Red Bull crowd, which um, yeah. I'm quite happy about. I heard it was um, I heard it was Max who actually pushed him to, to reach out to Toto. Yeah, to I heard Toto. that too. Yeah. That he sort of told him to go talk to Helmut Marko. Oh, it? Helmut Marko, sorry, yeah. not Toto. Toto doesn't work for Red yeah, Bull, no, last no, time no. I checked. <laughs> no, he's, he's involved with Max Red Bull enough. Max is manager now. That's yeah. great. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> the Red Bull conspiracy continues yeah, to grow. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So now, driver market-wise, there's not much to tie up. We've got a spare seat at Williams. Yeah. And, and an debatably uncom- a spare seat at Haas if Mick yeah. gets, gets the boot. Yeah. I felt really bad for Mick this weekend because um, his team let him down. They were so late with the pit stops. They were, weren't they? He, yeah. d- he did lead the race for about 100 metres there. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, they were just so, so late to react. And it set him back. He got, set him back. He got yeah. undercut by like the whole the grid. The whole grid, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'd worked his way up into the points and he was driving a pretty solid race. Um, even just, just keeping the car on track in itself was an yeah. achievement. And yeah, they yeah, really let him down bad. Yeah. Does Mick deserve to lose his seat at Haas? Not yet. Yeah. No. I, I think it'd think be so. yeah. too harsh to give him the boot now. Yeah. I'm a, it's like this unspoken sort of rule of like the three years. It's like a three-year longevity and to see how the drivers develop in those three years um i feel particularly like these guys now in the current era because they've transitioned from like one sort of era of racing to this new sort of um ground effect design as well they should be given that little bit of leniency going forward because it's a completely different way of driving it's a completely different style of car um so I know, I know Yuki, this is going to be Yuki's third year next year as well. So this is kind of like his make or break as well. Yeah. Um, I would like to see Mick given at least one more year. Yeah. Whether he gets that or not, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he deserves it well and truly. You guys, yeah. you know, you and Daniela give him a hard time too uh, for his poor performances. But man, I think he definitely deserves yeah. to stay in that seat for another year. Oh, I think there's so yeah. much more to come. I really, 100%. I really, really think so, you know, and... I kind of, kind of, and it's not even just because of the Schumacher empire that he comes from. Yeah, but absolutely. I really, really think that he could really show mm. something different next year. And as we were saying before, you know, you know, this is a car that you know each track they've done this year, they've never had that car in yeah, that it's track. Been their first and yes, time. this isn't, um, you know, uh, the form of racing that he was used to from what he's just come from either. So I think there, you know, as much as there is probably no leniency in in F one, yeah. there probably does need to be that little bit of sense and I, I really believe the team do really like him and I think because you know there's lots of you know rumours going around but we d- haven't really heard anything really genuine you yeah. know and you know Gunter just keeping like you know stump like that and like we do know that he's not afraid to say things sometimes absolutely but yeah. I think he's very protective over Mick I really do I feel like he could be kind of comes across nearly like a father figure yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong I'm, I'm a pretty harsh critic of Mick simply because my my entry into the sport was during the Schumacher era. And so yeah. like all I've witnessed was like the greatness of his dad from like the late nineties onwards. Um, so to see that name so far down the grid, it's kind of like, come on, mate, what are you doing? But he, he's the one driver I really, really want to prove me wrong. Like yeah. I really want him up there. Yeah. yeah. No, it'd be great to see. Uh, fingers crossed. Nothing crazy happens in the driver market. I feel like we've already had that. Yeah. Sort of insane market period already done. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but hopefully he keeps his seat for next year. Yeah. Um, leading up to Austin, obviously you're going, Carol, so it's going to be, you're going to have a killer time up there. Yeah, I'm in the, really... In the sun? Or is it, oh no, you're, you're saying it's winter over there. Oh no, that was for when I go to Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it is warm over there. So, right? well, yeah. it's it's autumn, I suppose. It's yeah. um, mm-hmm. going into now in Texas, but like, 
Texas is so hot. I think, yeah, it you doesn't know, rain there. <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't, like, you know what I mean? But, yeah, I'm really excited. I've never um, officiated um, at that track. I've never even been to Texas before. So um, going to Austin is going to be exciting. And I think every year we watch it as well. It's, like, seems so much fun. You always see Ricardo out there, you know, in some tavern <laughs> with a yeah, cowboy yeah. hat, you know, giving it it's, socks. It's kind of like There's Rick's home weekend in a way. Yeah. He just loves it. He's yeah, talking yeah, it's like going to meet the fuckers, Texas you know. <laughs> it's like all yeah. sorts goes on, you know, so. Yeah it's kind of fun so i'm really excited to see um how it transpires um you know what goes on there um i think it will be really really different from miami because obviously you know austin's been like the it's a proven track it's a proven track and it's been always been the american track. The american race it's yeah. even funny because like i'm on a whatsapp with my pit and grid team you know with all these different courses and everything that we have to do and all these waivers that we have to sign for the FIA you know moving into it now and all that and they were just like oh what's going to happen like what's going to be the America track next year because we've got three, three. tracks yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean so Nuts. I was just like oh it could be quite interesting and it still will be Austin I feel like I think it, it owns yeah. it it owns it it has yeah. to be yeah, yeah. Miami and uh, Las Vegas are just sort of like they're not gimmicky tracks but they're jump jockey ones they're token, <laughs> yeah. token tracks yeah. that are good for entertainment value yeah yeah absolutely and a big money maker as well oh, yes. for sure. you know that, but big money spinner yeah um, I'm really looking forward to Kota it's going to be so good I really can't wait and I really don't know what to expect um, I'm going over there with about uh, 14 other internationals um, two other uh, Aussies as well so that's cool it's going to be really really exciting yeah I'll you know try and capture as much as I can um, which I'm allowed to you know like on mm. video and stuff like that and uh, I always try and jump in and say hello to and obviously I'm a big Max fan so um, course, yeah. yeah I'll be looking forward to catching up with um, if I get a chance he's to see gonna him he's going to be lying on a day bed at somewhere just cruising <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cocktail yeah, in hand yeah, yeah. drivers championship yeah, locks he's going to be like Kelly PK you jump in mate yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kibia prob- will be looking after the kid. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> life's great. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll have to get you back on next week or the week after just to hear about all the all the stories from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it was great having you back on this week. It's good to hear your your Irish voice again. Oh, thank you. No, it's um, it's it was really good to come back and see you guys again and and have a chat, like for sure. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I do. I really do enjoy it. And I will hopefully come back with some quirky stories yeah. in Texas. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. And we'll catch up with you guys next week. See ya. Bye.